Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My thanks to our sponsor this week, Hayloft Nurseries at Pershaw in Worcestershire. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange news, views, a bit of seasonal advice and uh, hopefully answer some of your gardening uh, quandaries. This week we thought we'd take as our theme veg appreciation. It's uh, very much a, a subject of conversation at present. You know, eating the five a day, being more healthy and of course fruit and veg, an absolute uh, part of that I wouldn't want to be without it and it's amazing how much uh, living on my own I can uh, feed myself from quite a tiny plot at present in the polytunnel I've got uh, melons still ripening there'll be uh, two or three more weeks I think of melons I'm still picking a cucumber or two and uh, (laughs) yeah it's not just me it's off the street that are getting tomatoes and I need to get some of that ground cleared uh, because uh, at a garden centre down in Exeter over the weekend I managed to lay hands on some really nice spring cabbage plants they were quite expensive Uh, I think I paid 550 or 599 for them and kicked myself that I hadn't sown the seed as I was recommending everybody else did at the end of July but there we are I've saved myself a few weeks by getting these uh, 12 really nice plants and and I'm going to put I think four of them in a raised container I've had that container that we made from a broken down pallet it's had uh, two crops of uh, beans in it already this summer Uh, And now I can put the cabbage in and four spring cabbage will completely fill what is a quarter size of pallet, if you could imagine that. I may put a couple up in the polytunnel and then the uh, other six will be in a row across the garden. And so I should have a succession of really lovely, fresh greens. Now, the one thing that is quite important if you are growing some of your own, of course, is the soil. And later on, we'll have a quick word or two about the best way to compost all that uh, debris from summer crops and the summer bedding, lawn mowings, everything that's been uh, gathered from your plot can be rotted down to improve the soil. And we'll go into that a bit. But uh, first, at this time of the year, first week or so in October, up in Spalding, the major vegetable and salad seed producers have their trials week. I always do my very best to go and particularly visit a company called Elsom's. They've been in business, a family company, since I think about 1884. Uh, But their trials, boy, they're right up to date without question. They have a fantastic team of young people, really bright, intelligent ex-university people. 
doing all kinds of things in terms of uh, breeding, improved crops, brassicas, onions, carrots, salads, radicchio, turnips, beetroot, you mention it, they're having a go at it. And it's absolutely fascinating the way that they seem to be able to forecast what we're going to want. I mean, it takes between 10 and 15 years to introduce the kind of uh, pest and disease resistance that you're looking for, or the time that a crop takes from sowing to maturity. There is a number of crosses that have to be done for they're able to introduce specific qualities into a popular vegetable or salad. And I mean, for example, I think it was Jamie Oliver who had that uh, black kale and made that unbelievably popular in a very short time. But I mean, it had been knocking about for years. It was like eating cattle food full of fibre and uh, I don't know quite why he wanted to get cracking on that. But the people up in Spalding, they've been working away and now have a really pretty purple-leaved kale with a reddish stem. I mean, you could grow it in the flower border, I should think. Uh, it's called Sunbore and it's much better quality. Now, how did they know when they started working on that 10 years ago that we, <laughs> that we would want it now? It's not just uh, looking at some of the most beautifully grown latest introductions. I also get to meet a fair number of people. Once a year, all of us who are interested in veg and salads could be a, a farmer or grower working on an enormous scale one of the mail-order seed company's representatives. It could be a technician from a supermarket. All those people come together with the common interest trying to grow the very best succulent vegetables and salads. I mean, for example, you may remember I spoke to Matt Oliver a while back on the podcast. It was his first trip. Another person I found at the Elsom. Uh, Autumn Vegetable Trials is uh, Matt Oliver, the vegetable wizard from uh, Hyde Hall. Have you had a useful day here in the sunshine and the wind? Uh, yeah, very useful. Um, it's been really eye-opening to come along and see see the trial days and uh, hear about the new varieties. Obviously, uh, always good to see things firsthand, early doors and hear the perspective from the breeders and what they're working on in terms of the problems they're trying to overcome and what they're trying to breed into the new veg lines and uh, yeah open your mind to things you might not necessarily be thinking about in the garden when we're growing them so it's really interesting to, to see it from a different angle and uh, be shown things you wouldn't have otherwise considered and hopefully come home with a few ideas of what we're going to grow next year. So is the one variety that you would want to grow next season? Yes, now I've got to try and remember the name of it, but there's a kohlrabi in particular that is massive in size, but the size of a small football, I would say, but it's not tough or woody at all. The name has escaped me, but I would definitely want to be trying to grow that because it's, uh, yeah, it's a real showstopper in my opinion, as a man that's uh, got a bit of a giant veg background. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if only it was Cossack that uh, grows the size of a rugby ball, then you can cut it and eat it like a slice of melon. Uh, perhaps next summer you and I can share the tasting at Hyde Hall. Definitely, I look forward to that next summer already. I'm very much with Matt. As I'm driving home, my mind's absolutely spinning with uh, ideas of things that I need to do, some of them pretty well straight away, and also to get planning for next season.
I mean, for example, it's uh, not too late. Get into last week or so in October and we can be sowing peas and broad beans. Uh, They just come up and sit gently through the winter, but have made a good root system and they grow much quicker. So uh, you could certainly be sowing a few round seeded, that's the hardy garden peas and broad beans. And with the school programs that we do, then I like the um, autumn onion sets. They're nice little rounded bulbs that uh, the children can handle easily, just push those into the soil. They make root. And of course, the beauty with the autumn planting is that they are harvested so much earlier and, and fully ripe before the school's year ends. So plant them now and you'll have some really nice onions to harvest in June or July next year. While I was in Lincolnshire, I took the opportunity to ask for some recommendations that might be good for your garden and your dinner plate. One of the leading breeders here at uh, Elsom's is uh, Richard Tudor. Richard, I've been asking people to uh, recommend people who are planning to grow veg in the next 12 months for uh, a tip or two. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, your particular specialism is brassicas, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, I think uh, one of the, the really good new varieties we have is um, burgundy sprouting broccoli. Uh, traditional sprouting broccoli is normally grown in the winter, um, but burgundy can be grown uh, right through the summer. So it's a, a really good a really good new variety where there aren't traditionally many uh, summer purple sprouting broccolis. So it's a, a really nice colour, um, but as, as you say, we can you can harvest it all the way through the summer, but you can let it be cut as a, a whole head, or you can let it go into spears and harvest it as, as spears, yeah. I mean, my, my best advice is to start planning now. Uh, work out what crops you like, so what do you enjoy eating? Um, if you like broccoli, then you know choose the best broccoli variety you can find. Put a little bit of research while the weather's horrible, and you, you'll enjoy the rewards in the spring. I mean, my favourite for, for broccoli would be burgundy. It's a new type for us, so it's quite limited. But, I mean, I've, I've had some lovely... I've, I've enjoyed it over my dinner, to be honest, so um, I'd recommend it for anyone. Um, you choose something that's a little bit more flexible for maturity, so um, something a little bit later for maybe parsnips, so panorama, it will hold well. Start planning and enjoy the rewards next spring. Now, what about Brussels sprouts? You know, we're heading towards Christmas. Everybody, I think, has uh, sprouts for the Christmas lunch. Do you have any thoughts on the sprouts? Yeah, so um, we, we have quite a range of, of sprout varieties, but one of our new ones is um, Hector. So it's a, a really good Christmas variety. And what about taste? Because the taste of sprouts is changing somewhat, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, breeders have worked hard over the last 30 years or so to, to breed the, the bitter flavours out of sprout varieties to, to make it more palatable to the general public. A lot of people are used to sort of overboiled sprouts at Christmas um, and, and we're trying to, I guess, uh, give them a new lease of life and the new varieties are much sweeter and um, much better for kids. And you're finding increased demand in America, I think, for sprouts. Yeah, so the um, over the last five, six, ten years, uh, the, the demand for sprouts in America has increased massively, probably ten to a hundred fold. But I, I think they have a very different attitude to them over there. That They're not used to the the boiled Christmas sprouts that we used to here, they're consuming them in a very different way. So uh, raw in salads, on pizzas. Yeah, it's a very different product over there. Yeah, the Americans putting sprouts on pizza. (laughs) But there we are. 
Now, I did mention that uh, visiting Elsom's, I was always on the lookout for who else was visiting. And one person uh, I always like to see is Colin Randall. Uh, he's my fount of all knowledge. If I have a problem or a question on uh, vegetables, then I head to Colin. He's been going to those trials. He tells me for over 40 years has never missed one. Colin, if you had to give a tip or two to those people planning vegetable growing at home, what would you suggest? Well, certainly put uh, Swiss chard at the top of my list currently. I did do a, a later uh, sowing in end of July and uh, got some very nice little leaves at the moment in my raised bed. But it's one of those eat-all crops. You have as baby leaf, uh, thin them out a little bit more for a midi-sized plant up to about six inches high or uh, even give them a bit more space and they'll get a, about uh, a foot high. And you get all the colours under the sun. Um, you know, most uh, gardeners would know of bright lights, uh, which is a mix of colours. But there is a, a new introduction out uh, called Celebration, which uh, gives a, a mix of colour stems on from one seed case. Uh, French beans, dwarf French beans. I've done several sowings of those. Uh, just keep picking them and. Uh, Doing that uh, again, I've done uh, sowing uh, beginning of August uh, this year. Yet another wizard when it comes to uh, seed raised crops, Peter Freeman. Peter, do you have any tips for those home gardeners growing veg? Well, one thing I've tried this year, Peter, is I've tried kohlrabi, extensively grown in, in Europe, but not grown very often over here in the UK. But I've had wonderful crops this year, uh, planted them out in sort of late May, and uh, really um, um, had some great crops this year. A wonderful plant, and I will grow it again. Cossack is the one. Certainly we've been wandering around the fields here, and there are some giant sizes there. Uh, absolutely huge, bigger than football. So, you know, that'll keep the keep the uh, the family fed for quite some while, certainly. Now, Swiss chard is very interesting because uh, it has beautifully coloured stems. There is a white stem variety with a rich green leaf, but also a yellow one a crimson one and this year for the first time another novelty that i've just seen there's one which looks like forced rhubarb it's got pink stems you can strip the leaf off the soft leaf and use that like uh, spinach you can steam the stems and, and you can even sow little young plants and use the seedlings in salads if you've got a sunny part of the garden and you want a crop that you can pick for weeks and weeks and weeks, well then, have the ground ready for it in April. Now, kohlrabi isn't something that I would have uh, grown very often, because in Britain we have them about the size of a tennis ball, uh, and really they're not much different to turnip. And both kohlrabi and turnip, they're fine if you grow them very quick and eat them young. The thing that has changed is that we're now getting from Germany particularly and Eastern Europe a new style of kohlrabi that in good rich soil like those beautiful silts in Spalding will grow the size of a rugby ball. They are unbelievable 
and they grow very quickly and they're very lush and you can cut a slice out of them like a slice out of watermelon and you can bite into them and they are juicy and absolutely delicious. You will get a slight brassicary, that's, you know, that sort of cabbagey sort of uh, aftertaste, but they are really lovely things and uh, I think far more people should try it. Uh, before I left Lincolnshire, I spoke to David Coop about the operation in general. You've been here several years, David, and you're, you're really my guide in most occasions. Can you tell people uh, a little bit about what Elsoms do on this uh, windswept site uh, just north of Spalding? Certainly, Peter. Uh, well, it's our tri trial site. So it's the main site where we want to demonstrate uh, as much of the portfolio of all the different types of vegetables that we have available, mainly for uh, commercial growers, but also for our customers who will then supply seeds to gardeners at home. In front of me now, I can see kales, I can see rockets, I can see all sorts of different uh, brassica crops. Uh, there's celery over here. I can see carrots over there and parsnips over there, a huge range, all sorts of wonderful different colours and, of course, flavours, because we can uh, try all of these different vegetables. So it's, it's wonderful to have them here, Peter. But very competitive for growers. You know, the standards demanded by the supermarket are pretty tough. So on a thing like parsnips, for example, you have to breed to help the growers? Absolutely, yes. Of course, we have to breed... Uh, crops that are very resistant to pests and diseases. We have to breed crops and varieties that are uh, very specific sizes and shapes so that, of course, it fits in the, in the packets or in the bins that we want to buy from. Uh, and all of those supermarkets are very particular, rightly because we as consumers uh, know our preference in terms of the, the colour and the type and the size of vegetables that we grow. And they look after that by making sure that uh, those vegetables are within a certain specification and growers must grow to within those specifications. All the, the treatments that we put in, all of the development of new varieties is to help make sure that those growers get the maximum amount of the crop possible within that very tight and very clear specification. And are there changes in fashion? Uh, yes, of course, you know, in the end, all of these crops are grown for us to eat and uh, our, our tastes change. The things that uh, celebrity chefs might have on TV and recommend and tell us about new, exciting flavours, that changes all the time. So, you know, if I, I just think of Cavallo Nero is, you know, used to be hardly grown at all. Now it's, you know, such a popular uh, leaf vegetable um, because people have got behind it. People have, have demonstrated to us that this is a really lovely, tasty and interesting uh, vegetable for us to eat. So yes, um, things come and go, um, but we like a nice change. We like something new and different to eat. Well, I mean, with that, kale you mentioned an old timer. You have one or two modern uh, introductions that have slightly better flavour, I think. Uh, we do, yes. So um, we're always looking to improve the flavours. We're always looking to make sure that we can uh, make sure that growers have long and disease-free leaves, things that stay uh, nice and clean, and things that will stay nice and fresh looking in the packet. That's the job that we do. Now, the number one priority for me on returning home is that purple sprouting burgundy. That is a remarkable introduction. I love purple sprouting. It's a really lovely spring vegetable. But to have to sow it in May 
and then wait 12 months before you pick it in April and May is a very long time. This new introduction, Burgundy, is quite different. You can sow it in January and February. Once you plant it, it's ready to harvest in 80 days. And you can make a couple of sowings and have uh, quite a succession of crops. Don't forget, if you've got two or three plants already at the same time, it goes into the deep freeze and it deep freezes beautifully. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Now, I spoke earlier about soil improvement. I get really upset alternate weeks when big lorries come down our road picking up the brown bins which are full of lawn mowings and plant debris and all that kind of stuff and what in fact uh, each of those householders that are wheeling out them brown wheelie bins are doing is denuding their soil. You have to compost green waste to put back what you've taken out of the soil and, and it's pretty easy to do. It works quite fast from April to September when we have warm temperatures. It will take a bit longer, I'm afraid, from October to March because the temperatures are down. doesn't really matter what the container is. I've got two, two types, I should say. I've got the plastic kinds, uh, Dalek-like, but I much prefer four stakes, about a metre square, with some wire netting around and line that with uh, old polythene compost bags just to keep the moisture in and to keep the heat in. And so once I've constructed that, and quite honestly, my garden is quite sizable. It's 50 foot wide and it's about 100 feet long. So I can afford two compost heaps up in uh, the top corner. And when one is empty, I put in two boxes of lawn mowings at the bottom. Because, you know, green lawn mowings, if you still leave them for a day or two, they are quite hot. And that almost works like a barbecue fire lighter. And so once I've got those two hods of lawn mowings in the bottom, then in goes all the other debris I've got, mixing the green lawn mowings with the dry sweet pea stems or runner bean stems, you know, the old, um, tougher, more woody sort of stuff goes mixed in with the very green. That keeps it open, gets the air moving. And if you stack that in layer after layer, you'll know in three or four days, the heap will suddenly start to drop. And if you push a cane right into it and leave it there for a minute or two and pull it out, it can be almost too hot to handle. 
But the trick, of course, is that little bit of heat at the start. If you don't put the lawn mowings in, it still rots down, but it just takes that much longer. If you want to use your composter as soon as possible, and when I say as soon as possible, I suppose I'm talking at this time of the year, three months, then it is worth emptying it out, shaking it up to get some more oxygen in, which gets the bacteria working again, and you just feed it back in again. If you don't want all that hard work, well, then you just have to be patient and wait a little longer. And you know that it's ready to use when you uh, stick a fork into it and get a forkful out, and all of those old stems of uh, sweet peas or broad beans, they just crumble, they just snap. And then you'll know it's at just the right stage where you can, I like to dig it in. Uh, if it's dug into the soil, then it lasts much longer. The effect, I think, is better. If you use it on the surface as a mulch and we have a really hot spell of weather, that burns it up and you don't get the goodness going down into the soil to the same extent as if you've dug it in. So please, if you've got uh, potato peelings and you're cabbage trimmings and some old apples and any other kind of debris keep it on a heap and if you don't want to bother with a compost heap dig a hole bury it it will take a little longer to rot down but the worms will get at it and that in turn will improve the soil Well, there we are, all things vegetables and salads. And uh, for, for my tailpiece this week, I just recount my experience as a very young man working on trials in 1952. I had a sample of onion sets come through from Holland. Uh, and, of course, we label everything accurately. And when we planted them out, there I had on the label in that lovely Dutch language, monsters on the body. Uh, very proud of that. They came up very nice and did very well. And then when the representative from Holland came and looked at his sample, he said, uh, why on earth had I labelled that uh, free sample without value? <laughs> Still don't remember what the onion set was, <laughs> but I do remember feeling somewhat embarrassed by my lack of uh, Dutch. Well, there we are. We've been uh, very much vegetables and salads this week. And next week... Oh, yes, it's rather special. We've got Chris Baines talking about the Thames. Oh, you must hear that. Hope to join you next week. There is no better group of pots of flower power forms of the shrubby potentilla. My thanks to our sponsor this week, Hayloft Nurseries at Pershaw in Worcestershire. And, of course, to my producer, Rich Jarman. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.